this is Off Topic On Point, and this is Jessica, and we are going to be jumping down, uh, I guess, the religion rabbit hole today. I'm saying this, and I, <laughs> I know this is going to sound cheesy and cliche and just all around, sort of, I was stuck in prison for 10 years, <laughs> and you come up with this at the parole board, but I have recently, in the last few years, found God. Now, I will tell you how and why. One, I started to find God um, after my divorce started, only because at a certain point when you're going through a long divorce, not a quick one, a rather long one, you get to a point where an orange suit doesn't look bad. Yeah, I wasn't happy with myself being that angry about something that I was actually very thankful for. So I decided to, uh, that I needed peace. So I looked to God for that. And I, and I was feeling better and was feeling more peaceful, but I was still sort of in my atheist ways. And then I had a massive stroke. When I tell you that I was terrified, that's, that's take terrified in your worst absolute moment in the world and like times 10, you know, you're having a stroke. You could feel it happening and there's not anything you could do about it. And what terrified me more than anything in the world was not me, was my son because he's a nonverbal, low functioning autistic. I couldn't call an ambulance and I couldn't have my son call an ambulance, hence the nonverbal. Um, yeah, so I was having a stroke for about three and a half hours or more, almost four hours before my son's aide showed up. Um, and she called an ambulance for me. By the time I got to the hospital that was going to help me, it was four and a half hours. I should not be alive. But as I'm saying this, um, they called me the miracle patient because they have no idea why I'm alive and why I'm almost 100% okay. I still have brain damage, but um, I thank God uh, for giving me a second chance and letting me live. And I swear, stinkapudamus, if you tear up my rug, I'm going to beat you. Lay down, furry beast. Sorry about that. Um, it was absolutely terrifying. I occasionally would lay down and I could feel, you could feel yourself dying. And then I would, I, and I would fight it because I couldn't leave my son alone. I refused to leave him alone. Not only that, the doctor said, well, what did you, when you knew you were having stroke, what did you do? I couldn't talk and I could, I couldn't really move the, uh, left side of my body at all. But I still got my son up, up, got him downstairs, set his table, made his breakfast, served him breakfast, cleaned up the table, cleaned up him, sent him upstairs. I was going, I was still going back and forth to the bathroom <laughs> um, when my son's aide called the ambulance. And 
I didn't know if you could text 911, but my problem is I can't, my son needs 24 hour care. I knew they wouldn't bring him with me and he would refuse to go. So I couldn't call an ambulance for myself because I couldn't leave my son alone. So I had to sit there and die and, and feel myself die uh, for quite a while before someone came to help. And if it wasn't the day that my son's aid was due, I would not be here. Yeah, it it was absolutely terrifying. But my, I mean, I did get to ride in a helicopter. <laughs> um, I use humor to cover up when I'm scared. So not so I did get to ride in a helicopter. And I told the people later when I could talk, I said, I finally got my ass in a helicopter and I couldn't even see out the window to enjoy it. Because you're laying down, they strap you to a thing and you can't see anything. But anyhow, um, nothing scarier than being taken to an ambulance to one hospital and them go oh, oh yeah yeah we're not touching you because we're not getting sued so we're sending you to another hospital so i got life flighted from one hospital to another hospital i guess that's a bad thing i don't know or that means you're that close to death i have no idea <coughs> excuse me i i'm not sure but when you see you feel yourself slipping away it's it's life altering. And I was absolutely terrified. And the first thing I felt was, I, I don't know if anybody else has experienced this, but when you were younger, before you left the house, were you ever like sitting at the kitchen table and you were having dinner or you were doing your homework, or whatever, and your parents would come up behind you and you could, you could feel them. You knew they were there. You could feel them. That's what happened to me on the flight to the second hospital. I could feel my mom and dad there. I could feel their presence. And by the way, they're both passed. So, um, and that gave me comfort and I started to calm down and I started to think, well, maybe I'll be okay. And then I got to the hospital and they literally threw me on a table, ripped off all my clothes. Like I was some kind of weird stripper and which, they had to. I don't mean it was inappropriate. I was just making another joke. And then they started talking. And because everybody that they have ever dealt with that has had my type of stroke, um, usually is unconscious. And I wasn't, which they did not know that because I couldn't talk and I couldn't move much. So they thought I was out. So they didn't realize I was listening to them. So I could hear that they did not have very good thoughts. They did not think I was going to make it. They weren't sure if what they were doing was going to work. They uh, thought I was pretty much dead woman walking or laying. Well, you get the point. And uh, when I finally did make a noise was when I felt them ripping the clot out of my brain, which kind of feels like a boiling hot machete slicing through your face. It hurts. And I screamed. I didn't move because I knew if I moved, <laughs> I could kill myself. So I didn't move, but I screamed. And then all I heard was somebody go, oh, shit, she's awake. So, <laughs> but in that instance, when they threw me there and they started going through the vein in um, my groin and I could feel everything they were doing, and I could hear them talking and I was getting more and more terrified by the second it, I just felt this 
just warm wash of absolute peace. It was kind of like going into the most perfect temperature warm bath or warm blankets. It, it was just, and the peace that came over me was unbelievable. And I said to myself, okay, he's coming for me. It's my time. And I was okay. I just, I was okay with that. I thought they, they're talking about me dying. They think I'm going to die. God's here to take me home. It was absolutely so peaceful and really wonderful. And I guess that's how close to death I was. <laughs> um, but then when he let me live and he didn't take me home, But for him to come and give me that peace when I really needed it, he is real. He's most definitely real. And I thank him every day since. I'm very grateful that I'm still alive. I'm very grateful he gave me a second chance. He pulled out a miracle for me. I still have a problem dealing with if I'm worthy enough for that miracle, but I guess he believed I was. So that is how I found God. And so that's how I know he's, he's exists. I know he's real, but as I was saying, so that's how I found God, and that's why I, I'm, you know, more, I'm concerned about more things now than I was before, because the sheer arrogance of some of these people that that say they're godly, and I, I know you always hear about it, the the Bible Belt in the South and all that, and people that are fanatical about it. They, I mean, you know, you can find them at church all the time. It's Sunday this and Sunday that, and we do everything for the church, and, and we, you know, volunteer for the church, and we this for church. But then they turn their back on people, and they throw them away. My thought is the sheer arrogance of you. The sheer arrogance that you think God made a mistake. Now, you believe in God and you believe everybody has a purpose and you believe that children brought into this world are brought into this world by, I say God, you could say whatever, you know, deity you want. It's all God. It's all the same guy. You could call him whatever you want. The sheer arrogance that you would think that he would put a child on this earth and it not be worthy of him, that he made a mistake, the sheer arrogance of you. I, I, I don't get it. Now, that I'm not saying that uh, everybody's choices are perfect, but you seem to forget that God gave us free will. He put us on this earth as a beautiful creation, but he also is not playing chess with us. He's not moving pieces around and everybody's happy and everybody goes where he wants them to go. He gave us free will 
to do with this life as we see fit. And for you to have the arrogance to think that you know better than him is it, I just can't understand it. It's unbelievable to me. Throwing away a, a, a child that God gave you, a blessing that God gave you because you don't agree with the choices that child made. Nobody guaranteed you some, you know, 100% perfect child on, in your eyes. God gave you a child, a blessing. You love that blessing. You raise that blessing and you love that blessing for the rest of its life or the rest of yours. God willing, you pass first. I don't, I don't understand. I, you want a child. God gives you a child. And then you say, no, this one isn't good enough. It's unfathomable. Is that the word I want? Yes, to me. That you would have the sheer evilness in your heart to throw away one of God's gifts because you thought it was broken. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't give us broken. We break ourselves or other people break us, but he doesn't give us broken to begin with. And what I mean by that is if your child's born with a disability like mine is, he's not broken. He's perfect the way that he is. I will never say he's less than anything. And I don't say normal anymore because if you look around this world, there is no normal. He is average. He is just like everybody else. And everybody has quirks. Everybody has problems. Everybody has challenges. His challenges just happen to be greater than somebody else's. That doesn't make him any less than anybody else. So God doesn't give us broken. Now the free will in people, the evilness in people to break somebody else, that's a different story. But if you choose to have a child, you take that child and you raise that child until you have your last breath. There is no excuse for throwing out a child. And I don't want to hear, oh, he's gay. He's not dead. I don't care. God doesn't make mistakes. Every child is worthy of its parents' love. Now, I say that, and then you're going to say, what about those kids? Now, it, you're still going to love your child even if they murder people. But you're going to do the right thing and not cover up for them. There's a difference. You don't get let your child get away with things because you love them. That's not being a parent. What I'm saying is don't throw your child away because they decide not to be as religious as you or they decide to get a tattoo or they decide to be, or they, you know, come out of the closet. I should, I was going to say decide to be gay, but it's not a decision. You're born that way. So you can't, like you, you can't order up a child like it's like they're off the menu. You get what God gave you and you'd be thankful and grateful for it. You don't throw away a gift from God. The arrogance. I really want to be there when God judges you. So you decided to throw away the gift I gave you. What gift? The child, your son? Oh, he's not my son. He's gay. 
Oh, I, I have a feeling you're going to be a little toasty. Yeah. Um, I I wouldn't be the one with the uh, the huge. Uh, sorry, my nose is running here. Um, the huge balls to throw away a gift from God. Yeah, uh, that is not me. I'm not that brave. Um, so that that's one of my problems, and my problem is that if you think that your religion is great, please tell me, tell me, please, why your religion cuts other people out. Like if you're so religious and you're so godly, why would you, I mean, some of the religions that they look down on people of any color, that's, you know, God doesn't do that. He made all of us. None of us are a mistake. He made each and every single one of us. He's the one that decided what color we were. He didn't seem to have a problem with it. So why do you? I will say this again. Why do you? Why do you have a problem with it? And he made every single one of us. So why would you have a problem with who somebody sleeps with or who they love? My thought is God gave us free will. So unless you're living in the house with them while or sleeping in their bed. Now, granted, this is a little different when it's your child and they're still living in the house. I don't know how that works out. I I. I wouldn't even know how to guess how to ask my son if he is gay or not, because he doesn't even understand the concept of gender, let alone that. So, um, but I know this, it wouldn't matter to me, whatever he was, because God blessed me with the perfect soul. To me, children with disabilities are pure. They're pure, innocent souls to be protected. So he thought I was good enough and strong enough to raise one of his pure souls, one of his innocence. And I take that as a blessing. Not as, oh, my child's not going to be like every other child and disappoint. I'm not disappointed in him. I'm sad that I'm going to miss a lot of the stuff that other parents go through, a lot of the milestones. And I'm sad that he's going to miss them. But I'm giving him the best life possible for him. He's happy as a clam. And that's all that matters to me. As long as he's happy and healthy, why would I be upset about anything? And I know this used to be how we used to hide our children in, in homes. You know, if they were, oh, the doctor would tell us we weren't, we weren't capable enough. So we're going to leave them naked in a, covered in feces in a giant adult cage crib or whatever those things were in those places where they weren't fed, weren't taken care of, were beaten. It's the disgusting filth. That's what I should have put my son through. Yeah, I don't think so. But most of those have closed and I didn't, I wouldn't have done that anyway. And I'm a little too young or old for that. I'm not quite sure how that goes. But I'm tired of people using religion as an excuse because God takes all he takes he made us all he takes all of our sins he takes all of our victories all of our failures onto himself he's not saying well i'm not going to take that one person's because they're different from you that's not how that's not how god's love works 
I, I don't know what you think God is. He's he's not a bigot. He's not a racist. Should I said bigot? I'm confused. Every once in a while I say a word that comes out of my mouth that I'm not quite sure I should be put in that conversation. But you get what I mean. I'm sorry if this offends somebody. I Well, actually, no, I'm not sorry. I don't mean to offend people when I speak. I just don't understand how people can use such evilness and such disregard for other human beings and claim it's under God. I, I, we must be talking about a different God or maybe we're talking about God and Satan because that just doesn't sound right to me. I, I don't, the God I believe in and the God I love, a God that pulled me back from death is not a God that would say, give up your child or give up the gift I gave you because it's not the same as everybody else's gift. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. And if you're confused or if you feel lost, you have to understand, like, it seems like some people try to go out of their way to do good things or brag about their good things because they think that's how they're going to get God's love. And that's not how God works either. God wants all your victories and he wants, he wants you to lay all of his victories and all of his, and all, all of your victories and all of your failures at his feet. He will carry that burden for you so you can carry on with an easier burden with less weight. That's what he's there for. He's not just there for your victories. He's there for your failures and he expects you to fail because that's how people learn. That's how you become a better person. You should learn. You're learning from, you're learning from the day you're born to the day you die. You're learning or you should be. And if you have no failures and you only have victories, how, how are you to know what true victory feels like if you've never been on the other side? So that's what I hate when, when people say, well, why, why, did, why does my, hus uh, my husband or my child have cancer? God doesn't love us. God, why is God letting this happen? He's letting it happen because he, you can't give everybody immortality. And you can't give everybody a perfect life. He put us down here to live our lives in his name. He didn't put us down here so he could tinker with each one of us at, at will whenever he pleases. That's not how this works. Sometimes he deems a miracle. I don't know what I did to receive one. I, I'm not, I mean, I'm a good person, but I'm, I'm nothing to write home about but you nobody in this world would ever know the good if there was no bad and there would be no balance you would you would never know if I, it, life would be so boring if everything in the world felt the same when it happened if every situation felt exactly like if you felt exactly the same at failing at it and fact exactly the same at succeeding at it if everything felt the same everybody would be depressed as hell you need good and bad you need you need that to survive and that also shows strength of character in the face of all odds show your strength of character 
lean on him. Give him his bur- give him your burden and he will help you carry it. It doesn't mean that he's going to help you get the the result that you want. It means that he's going to walk that path with you to make sure that you're okay and you get through it. He's not here to tinker with us. We aren't like a science project. He's just there to guide us and he's there to hold us up when we fall. And I think everybody should should remember that. I, I don't know how people keep failing to understand that he is he's not making things happen because life happens. He's given us life. Life happens. Good things happen. Bad things happen. He's not tinkering with you. He's not giving certain people cancer. It's just what happened to you. It's, I don't want to say luck of the draw because that sounds like getting cancer is lucky. That's not what I mean. It's you're, I guess, dealt the cards that you were dealt. You deal with the cards you were dealt with. Again, tongue tied right now. So he doesn't have any control over that. But what he de- what he wants you to know is that he's there. He's watching. He's listening to you. And if he can help, he will. He will help you get through it. He's he might not be able to take the cancer away, but he definitely will help ease your the burden, lighten the load. Let him. He'll let you know that he's there. That's what he's there for. He's not there to tinker around. He's not somebody in the sky just like turning knobs and seeing what happens if I do this and what happens if I do that. He's not that involved in our life. That's what free will is all about. But I, I still don't understand throughout this whole world why people think that their race is more godly than another race or they deserve to be alive and the other people don't. God made all of us whatever big kahuna or whatever in the sky, whatever you want to call him, he's the same person. There's not 20 of them up there just chilling. There's one. And whatever he does, you know, he decided to make us all. He created us all. He painted a perfect picture and a perfect picture isn't all the same color. So he painted with many colors. Just accept that. Take that into your heart and take it as not as just skin color, but take it as color of being. Because there's happy people, sad people, cranky people, mean people, nice people, gay people, lesbians, whatever, whatever your color of the rainbow you are, whether it be skin or anything else, personality type, all that. He made it all. And to have the arrogance to say that he didn't or to go against God. I don't know how you do it because I really, really do not have the balls to go against him. <laughs> I would not for one second throw away my son because he wasn't perfect. Because that's basically what you're doing. Think of it this way. If you're a parent and your child comes up to you and says, I'm gay. And you immediately kick them out. That's like giving birth to a Down syndrome or like my son, an autistic, and just giving them away because they weren't perfect. 
they weren't what you wanted. God doesn't give you what you want. God gives you what you need to work through. So obviously God thought you needed to be more compassionate or to be more understanding. So instead of learning the lesson that God gave you and becoming a better person, you threw that lesson away. I do not want to be with you when you try to explain that to God. Just quit having arrogance, people. Thank him for the blessings that he gave you. Understand that there's good and bad in everybody's life and it's nobody's fault. Shit just happens. And understand that he's not there pulling strings, making this shit happen. He's there to watch over us, not to tamper with us. He's there to be a support. And also know that you don't have to prove your worth to him because he obviously thought you were worthy by putting you here. To him, we're all worthy. So it doesn't matter if you're atheist or what you call him. You will have a place in heaven. Thank you for going down this rabbit hole with me today. This has been Jessica. Have a good day.